Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello and welcome to a very special bonus episode of Buffering the Vampire Slayer, a podcast where we usually talk about every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer one at a time. Uh, I'm Jenny Owen Youngs. And I'm Kristen Russo. And that usually uh, is because today, on today's episode, you know, we've already talked about season one, episode nine. But today we have the great pleasure of bringing you our interview with Armin Shimmerman. Armin Shimmerman plays Principal Snyder on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And we met Principal Snyder for the very first time in this week's episode. Uh, Armin is also known for playing the Ferengi bartender Quark in the television series Star Trek. Trek Deep Space Nine. Woo! Yes. Uh, and Armin lives now in the Los Angeles area and um, is the Associate Artistic Director at the Antias Theater in Glendale. Those of you who are already familiar with Buffy uh, in its entirety will be delighted to learn that also on the board of the Antias Theater is Harry Groner, who plays, of course, Mayor Wilkins. <sighs> Buffy, real life, fake life. <laughs> You know, it all comes together in that wonderful way. That it does. That it does. Um, so, yeah, without, without further chatter from us, let's get into this. Mm-hmm. so much for talking to us. We are so pumped to be speaking with you. Uh, today on the podcast, we're talking about season one, episode nine, The Puppet Show, which of course introduces the character that you portray, Principal Snyder. Um, and we were just wondering if um, you could talk a little bit about how you came to the show, if you remember uh, what the audition process was like. Well, it is one of the mysteries of my life, actually, how I got the part of Principal Snyder, because it didn't go about the way uh, auditions, interviews normally go. Um, I, as most people know, I was already on a show called Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Mm -hmm. And um, when the show, when Buffy was first casting, there was the part of Principal Flutie, which they called me in for and I read for. Um, and um, I'm very happy to say they cast my friend Kenny in the part of Flutie. I was very happy for him. In fact, I started watching the show because Kenny was on it. Nice. Um, so I didn't get, I didn't get uh, Snyder from that audition. Uh, however, as I was leaving the audition for Flutie, I walked by what I assume today was a series of writer's rooms. And as I passed one on my way back to the car, I saw that one of the writers had two Star Trek cardboard figures in their office, one of Worf and one of Major Kira. And I walked by the door, and then I, I went about three or four paces past the door and um, thought, hmm. And I backed up and looked in the door and said to the two people in the room, which I'm not sure were writers. I think they were writers. Um, I said, why don't you have a cardboard figure of my character in there? <laughs> 
And uh, we chatted for about uh, 30 or 40 seconds. Um, Kenny went on to play flutey for a number of episodes. And then many months later, I got a phone call from my agent saying um, they want to use you as Principal Snyder on Buffy. I said, I thought Kenny was the, was the principal. And they said, no, they've killed him off. <laughs> and, uh, and I said, sure, I've been watching the show. I really like it a great deal. And I would be more than happy to do that. Now, and then I said to my agent, now they understand, of course, that I have a day job. That, um, <laughs> pretty regular on Star Trek. And they said, yes, but they're going to be killing off principals on a regular basis. So you won't be there very long. <laughs> Let's talk about the character of Principal Snyder. So this episode, we have all just met Principal Snyder for the first time. And, you know, many of us have seen uh, this series either once or several times. But some of our listeners are coming to it for the very first time. They have just met you. Uh, and we get lines from you like, that's the kind of woolly-headed liberal thinking that leads to being eaten. And there are things I will not tolerate. Students loitering on campus after school, horrible murders with hearts being removed, and also smoking. <laughs> so I just want to know, uh, in this role, and, and, and in this episode especially, uh, what was your favorite part about embodying this character? Well, um, my favorite part, well, th th that, that question will require several answers, um, and I will try to give you all of them. Um, I love the writing. Uh, Jane and Joss's writing was incredible. Uh, I'm again. I, I'm I'm in the dark whether Jane Esperson created my character or whether Joss created my character. It, it doesn't really matter because whoever did it did a phenomenally good job, and I'm sure both of them contributed as the years went by. What was my favorite part? I, I will tell you how how Snyder got created in my head. And so to me, that's one of my favorite parts. And that is the first thing I had to do on the set. And, and of course, to shoot scenes out of sequence. So I'm not sure if this is the first scene or not that where I appeared. It's possible that it is. I was walking down a slightly raked auditorium aisle. Yes, mm -hmm. yes that is the first scene we see, too. And um, I had asked prior to my getting to work... So, uh, who will I be working with? And they said, uh, Sarah Michelle Geller. And I said, yes, I've seen the show. I, I know who, is she, who she is, but who is she? What, what's her background? And they said very nicely to me, oh, she's a 19-year-old she's a soap opera actress. Um, <laughs> and I, being somewhat of a snob, uh, said to myself, oh, great, I have to work with a soap opera actress. And, um, and a 19-year-old to boot. Um, so I had rather a bad taste in my mouth. Understand, I was rather high and mighty. I was a series regular on another show, so I, I was rather high and mighty. And um, as I walked down the aisle, uh, for the first time as we rehearsed it, and, uh, and uh, neared these very young actors, um, I, I had this sort of attitude of superiority. And... Um, uh, in the years that have passed since that moment, I've come to realize that first impression, bad one as it was, uh, was what was the um, inspiring force for the character. And, and my aloofness uh, came out of, out of that. The, the brilliant lines that I had to say that you quoted, of course, came out of the writers, and, and I'm enormously grateful to them. 
Um, there was another moment during that episode that may have extended my life on the show. Uh, I've always thought perhaps it did. So <laughs> I suppose that moment, too, uh, is one of my favorites from Puppet Show, which is later on in the episode, um, we're sort of backstage of the, of the high school theater, and I'm making an entrance and I hear all this sound from what we all call Video Village. Video Village is where the director and the DP and the script coordinator and everybody else who wants to watch, watches the monitors and, and sees what the actors are doing through the camera's eye. And as I was making my entrance, I heard all this noise. Film, we were filming, the film was rolling. And I heard all this noise from Video Village and I thought, wow, that's awfully noisy over there. What, what are they talking about? And then we did two or three more takes, and there was still quite a bit of chit-chat. Quiet, whispered, but audible to me anyway. Um, and uh, that was a surprise to me. So I finally went over to Video Village. You have to understand at that point, I'm a guest, a, a, a very new guest. So I don't think I have much power at all. And I sort of say to them, what, what's all the noise about? And they say, oh, you, you, have, to, you have to see, you have to see. And, and for some bizarre reason... Um, when I turned the corner, the way the DP had lit the scene, that there was a shadow on the wall that nobody had planned for, but because the shadow made me look like Nesferatu. Yes. <laughs> and, and my ears, which are round and large, became very tall and large. <laughs> and, um... And to this day, I believe that's one of the reasons they kept me on for as long as they did. <laughs> anyway, so uh, those are my two favorite moments from Puppet Show. Wow. Uh, I, must, I must end this anecdote with a very important point so that everybody understands. It doesn't have to do with this episode per se. But after about four or five episodes of doing Buffy, um, I came to realize that Sarah Michelle Gellar was perhaps one of the finest actresses I had ever worked with. And I knew she only knew of me as Snyder. Um, she, we didn't talk much because Sarah was a very busy lady. All during the time that I worked with her, she was a very busy lady, which I understood. And after about the fourth or fifth episode, I walked over to Sarah's trailer and knocked on the door. She was enormously surprised to see me really only knowing me as Snyder and not as Armin. Mm -hmm. And I and I said, Sarah, and I told her the story that I told you about walking down the aisle. And I said, I was wrong. Uh, I thought you were a 19-year-old soap opera actress and, and this was going to not be much fun. And I've come to realize what an enormously talented woman you are. And I'm looking forward to all our future scenes together. And after that moment, I venture to say Sarah and I became very, very good friends. That's great. That's beautiful. Wow. I grew up watching um, Star Trek Next Generation and then, of course, uh, Deep Space Nine and saw you as Quark. And then, you know, when I started having some control over the remote in my house, mm -hmm. um, became a massive Buffy fan and saw you there. And you exist in this, this universe that has kind of like a very particular fandom and a particular sort of like otherworldliness, uh, sci-fi, horror, fantasy mashup. And I was just wondering if you grew up a fan of sci-fi, of horror, anything, uh, literature, film, 
It's a very good question. Thank you for that. Um, I, I was never a, a fan of horror, but I was always a fan of science fiction. Mm -hmm. And in fact, um, I was one of those 60s nerds who ran home to make sure that I caught every episode of the original Star Trek long before it went into syndication. And I read a lot of science fiction as a young man um, and um, was always interested in In fact, my being on Star Trek Next Generation and then eventually on Deep Space Nine was because of that fandom. I, I had an opportunity early on in my career to choose between two episodes. I was at that time recurring on a, another science fiction show called Beauty and the Beast. And uh, I got cast in my first role on Star Trek. But unfortunately, the day that I was asked to shoot the Star Trek episode conflicted completely with the day that I was shooting on Beauty and the Beast. My agent highly recommended to me more than highly recommended, insisted mm -hmm. that I take the beauty in the base because that was my paying job and I was going I was recurring. So, um, he didn't want to jeopardize that momentum there, but I being a huge science fiction fan, a huge Star Trek fan, mm -hmm. said, no, I want to take the Star Trek. And we got into a little bit of a fight over that, but <laughs> I being the client eventually won and, um, <laughs> Um, and the rest of my life, I guess, um, branched off from that decision because that, that, that original appearance on Next Generation, which was not a Ferengi, um, certainly led directly and almost immediately to playing a Ferengi. And that first Ferengi uh, on Next Generation was the, the, the way I got into Deep Space Nine. Today's episode is brought to you by Regal Cinemas. If you're anything like me, you deeply enjoy going to the movies. Going to the movies is probably among my top three all-time activities. I love seeing films on the big screen. I also love being around other people who are watching the same movie with me at the same time. And of course, I love eating giant buckets of popcorn. If you feel the same and you like going to the theater, Regal Unlimited is something that just makes sense. Regal Unlimited is the all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two movie visits. You can see any standard 2D movie anytime, no blackout dates, no restrictions. When you want to watch a movie in 4DX or IMAX or RPX or ScreenX, there's so many ways to watch movies these days, your Regal Unlimited membership gets you into those premium experiences at a reduced cost. And with Regal Unlimited, you don't only save money on the tickets, you will also save on your snacks. And as previously mentioned, I love snacks. The only thing that can make me love a snack more is saving money on buying a snack. Members get 10% off of all non-alcoholic concession items with membership. Regal Unlimited, all you can watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two visits. So if you're planning to see two movies this month, join Regal Unlimited and sign up now. You can sign up in the Regal app or on regmovies.com slash unlimited. Sign up for Regal Unlimited using code buffering and earn 10% off your three-month subscription. Please let us know about all of the movies you see and how the popcorn is. 
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. We are recording this interview on November 9th, 2016. And for many of us, today is a day that has a lot of confusion, a lot of sadness, a lot of fear, but also a lot of mobilization. Uh, and I think that the universe that we see in Buffy um, and the fandom behind this show and shows like it can facilitate that kind of mobilization that we're seeing today. And, and I'm wondering, Armin, if, if you could share some of your thoughts um, about that parallel and about um, how, how we use tools like this in times like this. Well, it's a very, very sad day for my wife and I. Um, I've, it's probably a bad equation, and forgive me if I'm insulting anybody, but, but I think of it as another 9-11. Um, it, it, I, I believe the country has made a huge mistake, and, um, and we, all, we will all be lesser because of it. Um, I will give you a little bit of background, which is back in September of this year, um, I was talking to my friends in the Star Trek universe and realized that all of us couldn't imagine a Trump presidency. And because of that, I went home and uh, started emailing my friends and started a, I wouldn't call it a movement, but a, a website uh, called Trek Against Trump. And I was able to get members of every one of the Star Trek franchises, whether it was the original series, Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, Enterprise, the J.J. Abrams movies, uh, the novels that are written, the games that are, are produced. Every aspect of Trek was represented in the 150 or so names that, that signed my petition to ask fans to, to not vote Trump, but rather to vote Clinton, and more importantly, to, to register to vote. We felt that um, it was every American city, citizen's duty to vote, and uh, part of our plea was to do that as well. So uh, I am living proof that fandom and this kind of fandom uh, can indeed be helpful in the political process. I also know, having gone to many conventions, both for Star Trek and for Buffy, that the fans of this particular genre uh, are enormously charitable. That if someone needs help, um, the fandom of Buffy or Star Trek, or I, I would venture to say every science fiction show, will reach out to help. 
And that is an enormously kind thing. And to all the people that have helped and will help in the future, my thanks. I've seen that graciousness of heart over and over and over again. And it moves me every time I see it. Yeah, we, we echo that sentiment uh, from over here as well. It's it's a powerful thing to see, and um, and it's it's giving us hope today. It truly it truly is. Mm-hmm. Um, Armin, is there anything before we, of course, ask where the best places are to continue to follow you and all that you do? Is there anything else that you wanted to share with us um, about your work uh, on Buffy, about this episode, about your character, Principal Snyder, um, before we get to that last last bit? Well, I will, I will share something that isn't really all that important, but to me it is, and, and perhaps people out there will be interested. Um, I had been working for about five years on Star Trek, and five years on a show is lovely, wonderful. Everybody hopes to have that kind of work. But it gets, it gets a little boring. <laughs> uh, you begin to think, well, I know pretty much what my character will do, and it's just a matter of showing up to work and, and doing it. When I was lucky enough, and truly lucky, because I am the only Star Trek actor that I'm aware of that was able to do two shows at the same time, Mm. Um, when I was lucky enough to get Buffy, um, I found that the work on Buffy gave me new energy to approach my work on Star Trek, and vice versa. If I was away from Buffy for a while... My work on Star Trek would energize my desire to do my very best on Buffy. It, it, the two shows fed into each other for me, inspired me, and, and kept me um, enormously happy in the, in the latter part of, of my Star Trek years and all through my, my Buffy years, where I normally probably would have gotten a little tired. I was eager and ready to work because both shows energized each other in me. And, and I hope people will agree with me. They were two opposite characters. <laughs> um, Principal Snyder hated life, hated people, um, and, and really was a, a very small-minded person. Um, whereas Quark uh, loved people, loved life, Um, and uh, was eager to rub shoulders with people. Um, Because they were total opposites, as I said, they were able to feed into each other. We we actually uh, just stumbled upon a really magical interview that you did um we wanted to make sure we were pronounced that we were saying your first name correctly um and so jenny googled some i don't even know what you googled to find this but you had gone on i I think at the time it was regis and kathy lee uh Uh as quark uh, and and then come back on as yourself and so we took great delight watching that this morning Uh, not knowing that you were going to come back on as armin especially the first viewing we thought wow did they do this entire interview with you as quark um but we got we got a good laugh out of that and and out of seeing uh an episode from i think it was 1993 uh yeah well should you ever see that interview again (laughs) i come back as armin i am higher than a kite um (laughs) they had to they had to get my makeup off in about 15 20 minutes tops normally the makeup removal took a little over an hour um, so in order to get it off me and for me to be orange less, 
um, and and prosthetic less. Uh, my makeup lady, Karen Westerfield, threw buckets of solvent at me uh, in order to get the stuff off quickly. <laughs> and and, and, and it, all, those all those chemicals have vapors. So when I walked back on stage as, as myself, I was surrounded by vapors. And, and my, if you, you'll see, my eyes are slightly watering. And, <laughs> and I am... The, the smell of the vapors is just making me real. And um, um, and I don't know what I said, actually, in that scene. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to go back and rewatch this now with, with this new knowledge. <laughs> um, and, and, of course, uh, Armin, please... Let us know where you know where the best places are to find you now. What um, what work we can find you doing, and and for all of our our listeners who either are, are meeting Principal Snyder for the first time or who are uh, visiting with him again, uh, where they can find other uh, work that you're doing. Great. So the e easiest place to find me online, anyway, is at Shimmerman Armin. That's uh, Shimmerman with one M in the middle. Um, Shimmerman Armin at. Uh, uh, that's my Twitter handle. Um, my work primarily, I, I was raised as a theater actor and uh, did a number of Broadway shows, did a, lots of regional theater around the country. And um, after many, many successful years on TV, I realized that's really what I want to go back to do. So a number of years ago, I became the associate artistic director of the theater in Los Angeles called Antaeus, that's A-N-T-A-E-U-S, and you can find me in my theater at antaeus.org. Um, for the Buffy fans, uh, I, I'm sure it's delightful to know that besides myself, who is one of the leaders of that theater, so is Harry Groner, who of course played the mayor, and, uh, and, and the two of us and our wives, uh, Harry's wife Dawn and my wife Kitty, plus a probably another 140 people that many of your, many of the people out there will recognize. We have an, a great deal of very familiar faces in our company, and we do primarily classical theater. And if anyone is ever in the city of Glendale, where we've just recently moved to, if anyone is there, please come and see our work. Um, so you can find us there, or you can find me personally online through the addresses I've just given you. Fantastic. Well, I know Jenny and I are so excited to come and see the productions that are going on at that theater. Um, and we are both so thankful that you took the time out to speak with us. Thank you so much, Armin. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for listening to this very special bonus episode. Uh, and one more thank you to Armin for sitting down and talking with us. It was such a pleasure. Such a pleasure. Uh, we hope you all enjoyed it as much as we did. I'm Jenny Owen-Youngs, and you can learn more about me at JennyOwenYoungs.com or give me a shout on Twitter at Jenny Owen-Youngs. So many Jenny Owen-Youngses. Yes. I am Kristen Russo, and you can find me over on Twitter at Kristen Nolene, K-R-I-S-T-I-N-N-O-E-L-I-N-E, -I -N -N -E, or you can find out more about my work uh, at EveryoneIsGay.com or MyKidIsGay.com. Buffering the Vampire Slayer is on Twitter at BufferingCast and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash BufferingCast. You can email us at BufferingTheVampireSlayer at gmail.com. And you can find out more about our podcast and all the ways in which you can support us over at BufferingTheVampireSlayer.com. If you like what you're hearing, we would always love to have a review from you on iTunes because it helps people know that we are doing real stuff and that they should listen to our real stuff because it's cool. 
Well said. Thank you. Uh, thanks so much again for listening. And until next time. Uh, hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.